Chapter two, section one of a practical view of the prevailing religious system by William Wilberforce. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Lillis. Chapter two, corruption of human nature. Section one, inadequate conceptions of the corruption of human nature. After considering the defective notions of the importance of Christianity in general, which prevail among the higher orders of the Christian world, the particular misconceptions which first come under our notice respect the corruption and weakness of human nature. This is a topic on which it is possible that many of those into whose hands the present work shall fall may not have bestowed much attention. If the case be so, it may be requisite to entreat them to lend a patient and serious ear. The subject is of the deepest import. We should not go too far if we were to assert that it lies at the very root of all true religion, and still more that it is eminently the basis and groundwork of Christianity. So far as the writer has had an opportunity of remarking, the generality of professed Christians among the higher classes either altogether overlook or deny, or at least generally extenuate the corruption and weakness here in question. They acknowledge indeed that there is, and ever has been in the world, a great portion of vice and wickedness, that mankind have been ever prone to sensuality and selfishness, in disobedience to the more refined and liberal principles of their nature, that in all ages and countries, in public and in private life, innumerable instances have been afforded of oppression, of rapacity, of cruelty, of fraud, of envy, and of malice. They own that it is too often in vain that you inform the understanding and convince the judgment. They admit that you do not thereby reform the hearts of men. Though they know their duty, they will not practice it, not even when you have forced them to acknowledge that the path of virtue is that also of real interest and of solid enjoyment. These facts are certain— they cannot be disputed, and they are at the same time so obvious that one would have thought that the celebrated apothegm of the Grecian sage, quote, the majority are wicked, end quote, would scarcely have established his claim to intellectual superiority. But though these effects of human depravity are everywhere acknowledged and lamented, we must not expect to find them traced to their true origin. Causa latet vis es notissima. Prepare yourself to hear rather of frailty and infirmity, of petty transgressions, of occasional failings, of sudden surprisals, and of such other qualifying terms as may serve to keep out of you the true source of the evil, and without shocking the understanding may administer consolation to the pride of human nature. The bulk of professed Christians are used to speak of man as a being who, naturally pure and inclined to all virtue, is sometimes almost involuntarily drawn out of the right course, or is overpowered by the violence of temptation." vice with them is rather an accidental and temporary than a constitutional and habitual distemper a noxious plant which though found to live and even to thrive in the human mind is not the natural growth and production of the soil far different is the humiliating language of christianity from it we learn that man is an apostate creature fallen from his high original degraded in his nature and depraved in his faculties indisposed to good and disposed to evil prone to vice it is natural and easy to him disinclined to virtue it is difficult and laborious that he is tainted with sin not slightly and superficially but radically and to the very core these are truths which however mortifying to our pride one would think if this very corruption itself did not warp the judgment none would be hardy enough to attempt to controvert i know not of anything which brings them home so forcibly to my own feelings as the consideration of what still remains to us of our primitive dignity when contrasted with our present state of moral degradation Quote, into what depth thou seest from what height fallen End quote. examine first with attention the natural powers and faculties of man invention reason judgment memory a mind of large discourse looking before and after reviewing the past and thence determining for the present and anticipating the future 
discerning collecting combining comparing capable not merely of apprehending but of admiring the beauty of moral excellence with fear and hope to warn and animate with joy and sorrow to solace and soften with love to attach with sympathy to harmonize with courage to attempt with patience to endure and with the power of conscience that faithful monitor within the breast to enforce the conclusions of reason and direct and regulate the passions of the soul truly we must pronounce him majestic though in ruin happy happy world would be the exclamation of the inhabitant of some other planet on being told of a globe like ours peopled with such creatures as these and abounding with situations and occasions to call forth the multiplied excellencies of their nature happy happy world with what delight must your great creator and governor witness your conduct and what large and merited rewards await you when your term of probation shall have expired i bone quo virtus tua te vocats i pede fausto grandia laturus meritorum prema but we have indulged too long in these delightful speculations a sad reverse presents itself in our survey of the actual state of man when from viewing his natural powers we follow him into practice and see the uses to which he applies them take in the whole of the prospect view him in every age and climate and nation in every condition and period of society where now do you discover the characters of his exalted nature how is the gold become dim and the fine gold changed how is his reason clouded his affections perverted his conscience stupefied how do anger and envy and hatred and revenge spring up in his wretched bosom how is he a slave to the meanest of his appetites what fatal propensities does he discover to evil what inaptitude to good dwell awhile on the state of the ancient world not merely on that benighted part of it where all lay buried in brutish ignorance and barbarism but on the seats of civilized and polished nations on the empire of taste and learning and philosophy yet in these chosen regions with whatever lustre the sun of science poured forth its rays the moral darkness was so thick quote, that it might be felt end quote behold their sottish idolatries their absurd superstitions their want of natural affection their brutal excesses and their unfeeling oppression their savage cruelty look not to the illiterate and the vulgar but to the learned and refined form not your ideas from the conduct of the less restrained and more licentious you will turn away with disgust and shame from the allowed and familiar habits of the decent and the moral st paul best states the facts and furnishes the explanation Quote, because they did not like to retain god in their knowledge he gave them over to a reprobate mind End quote. now direct your view to another quarter to the inhabitants of a new hemisphere where the baneful practices and contagious example of the old world have never travelled surely among these children of nature we may expect to find those virtuous tendencies for which we have hitherto looked in vain alas our search will still be fruitless they are represented by the historian of america whose account is more favorable than those of some other great authorities as being a compound of pride and indolence and selfishness and cunning and cruelty full of a revenge which nothing could satiate of a ferocity which nothing could soften strangers to the most amiable sensibilities of nature they appeared incapable of conjugal affection or parental fondness or filial reverence or social attachments uniting too with their state of barbarism many of the vices and weaknesses of polished society their horrid treatment of captives taken in war on whose bodies they feasted after putting them to death by the most cruel tortures is so well known that we may spare the disgusting recital no commendable qualities relieve this gloomy picture except fortitude and perseverance and zeal for the welfare of their little community if this last quality exercised and directed as it was can be thought deserving of commendation but you give up the heathen nations as indefensible and wish rather to form your estimate of man from a view of countries which have been blessed with the light of revelation 
true it is and with joy let us record the concession christianity has set the general tone of morals much higher than it was ever found in the pagan world she has everywhere improved the character and multiplied the comforts of society particularly to the poor and the weak whom from the beginning she professed to take under her special patronage like her divine author who sends his reign on the evil and the good she showers down unnumbered blessings on thousands who profit from her bounty while they forget or deny her power and set at naught her authority yet even in this more favoured situation we shall discover too many lamentable proofs of the depravity of man nay this depravity will now become even more apparent and less deniable for what bars does it not now overleap over what motives is it not now victorious consider well the superior light and advantages which we enjoy and then appreciate the superior obligations which are imposed on us consider in how many cases our evil propensities are now kept from breaking forth by the superior restraints under which vice is laid among us by positive laws and by the amended standard of public opinion and we may be assisted in conjecturing what force is to be assigned to these motives by the dreadful proofs which have been lately exhibited in a neighbouring country that when their influence is withdrawn the most atrocious crimes can be perpetrated shamelessly and in the face of day consider then the superior excellence of our moral code the new principles of obedience furnished by the gospel and above all the awful sanction which the doctrines and precepts of christianity derive from the clear discovery of a future state of retribution and from the annunciation of that tremendous day when we shall stand before the judgment seat of christ yet in spite of all our knowledge thus enforced and pressed home by this solemn notice how little has been our progress in virtue it has been by no means such as to prevent the adoption in our days of various maxims of antiquity which when well considered too clearly establish the depravity of man it may not be amiss to adduce a few instances in proof of this assertion it is now no less acknowledged than heretofore that prosperity hardens the heart that unlimited power is ever abused instead of being rendered the instrument of diffusing happiness that habits of vice grow up of themselves whilst those of virtue if to be obtained at all are of slow and difficult formation that they who draw the finest pictures of virtue and seem most enamoured of her charms are often the least under her influence and by the merest trifles are drawn aside from that line of conduct which they most strongly and seriously recommend to others that all this takes place though most of the pleasures of vice are to be found with less alloy in the paths of virtue whilst at the same time these paths afford superior and more exquisite delights peculiar to themselves and are free from the diseases and bitter remorse at the price of which vicious gratifications are so often purchased it may suffice to touch very slightly on some other arguments which it would hardly be right to leave altogether unnoticed one of these the justice of which however denied by superficial moralists parents of strict principles can abundantly testify may be drawn from the perverse and froward dispositions perceivable in children which it is the business and sometimes the ineffectual attempt of education to reform another may be drawn from the various deceits we are apt to practise on ourselves to which no one can be a stranger who has ever contemplated the operations of his own mind with serious attention to the influence of this species of corruption it has been in a great deal owing that christianity itself has been too often disgraced it has been turned into an engine of cruelty and amidst the bitterness of persecution every trace has disappeared of the mild and beneficent spirit of the religion of jesus in what degree must the taint have worked itself into the frame and corrupted the habit when the most wholesome nutriment can be thus converted into the deadliest poison wishing always to argue from such premises as are not only really sound but from such as cannot even be questioned by those to whom this work is addressed 
little was said in representing the deplorable state of the heathen world respecting their defective and unworthy conceptions in what regards the supreme being who even then however left not himself without witness but gave them rain and fruitful seasons fulfilling their hearts with good and gladness but surely to any who call themselves christians it may be justly urged as an astonishing instance of human depravity that we ourselves who enjoy the full light of revelation to whom god has vouched safe such clear discoveries of what it concerns us to know of his being and attributes who profess to believe that quote, in him we live and move and have our being end quote that to him we owe all the comforts we here enjoy and the offers of eternal glory purchased for us by the atoning blood of his own son thanks be to god for his unspeakable gift that we thus loaded with mercies should every one of us be continually chargeable with forgetting his authority and being ungrateful for his benefits with slighting his gracious proposals or receiving them at best but heartlessly and coldly but to put the question concerning the natural depravity of man to the severest test take the best of the human species the watchful diligent self-denying christian and let him decide the controversy and that not by his inferences drawn from the practices of a thoughtless and dissolute world but by an appeal to his personal experience go with him into his closet ask him his opinion of the corruption of the heart and he will tell you that he is deeply sensible of its power for that he has learned it from much self-observation and long acquaintance with the workings of his own mind he will tell you that every day strengthens this conviction yea that hourly he sees fresh reason to deplore his want of simplicity and in intention his infirmity of purpose his low views his selfish unworthy desires his backwardness to set about his duty his languor and coldness in performing it that he finds himself obliged continually to confess that he feels within him two opposite principles and that he cannot do the things that he would he cries out in the language of the excellent hooker Quote, the little fruit which we have in holiness it is god knoweth corrupt and unsound we have no confidence at all in it we challenge nothing in the world for it we dare not call god to reckoning as if we had him in our debt books our continual suit to him is and must be to bear with our infirmities and pardon our offences such is the moral history such is the condition of man the figures of the piece may vary and the colouring is sometimes of a darker sometimes of a lighter hue but the principles of the composition the grand outlines are everywhere the same wherever we direct our view we discover the melancholy proofs of our depravity whether we look to ancient or modern times to barbarous or civilized nations to the conduct of the world around us or to the monitor within the breast whether we read or hear or act or think or feel the same humiliating lesson is forced upon us jupiteres quod cumque vides quo cumque moveris now when we look back to the picture which was formerly drawn of the natural powers of man and compare this his actual state with that for which from a consideration of these powers he seems to have been originally calculated how are we to account for the astonishing contrast will frailty or infirmity or occasional lapses or sudden surprisals or any such qualifying terms convey an adequate idea of the nature or point out the cause of the distemper how on any principles of common reasoning can we account for it but by conceiving that man since he came out of the hands of his creator has contracted a taint and that the venom of this subtle poison has been communicated throughout the race of adam everywhere exhibiting incontestable marks of its fatal malignity hence it has arisen that the appetites deriving new strength and the powers of reason and conscience being weakened the latter have feebly and impotently pleaded against those forbidden indulgences which the former have solicited sensual gratifications and illicit affections have debased our nobler powers and indisposed our hearts to the discovery of god and to the consideration of his perfections to a constant willing submission to his authority and obedience to his laws 
by repetition of vicious acts evil habits have been formed within us and have riveted the fetters of sin left to the consequences of our own folly the understanding has grown darker and the heart more obdurate reason has at length altogether betrayed her trust and even conscience herself has aided the delusion till instead of deploring our miserable slavery we have too often hugged and even gloried in our chains such is the general account of the progress of vice where it is suffered to attain to its full growth in the human heart the circumstances of individuals will be found indeed to differ the servitude of some if it may be allowed us to continue a figure so exactly descriptive of the case is more rigorous than that of others their bonds more galling their degradation more complete some too it will be remembered that we are speaking of the natural state of man without taking christianity into question have for a while appeared almost to have escaped from their confinement but none are altogether free all without exception in a greater or less degree bear about them more visible or more concealed the ignominious marks of their captivity such on a full and fair investigation must be confessed to be the state of facts and how can this be accounted for on any other supposition than that of some original taint some radical principle of corruption all other solutions are unsatisfactory whilst the potent cause which has been assigned does abundantly and can alone sufficiently account for the effect thus then it appears that the corruption of human nature is proved by the same mode of reasoning as has been deemed conclusive in establishing the existence and ascertaining the laws of the principle of gravitation that the doctrine rests on the same solid basis as the sublime philosophy of newton that it is not a mere speculation and therefore an uncertain though perhaps an ingenious theory but the sure result of a large and actual experiment deduced from incontestable facts and still more fully approving its truth by harmonizing with the several parts and accounting for the various phenomena jarring otherwise and inexplicable of the great system of the universe revelation however here comes in and sustains the fallible conjectures of our unassisted reason the holy scriptures speak of us as fallen creatures in almost every page we shall find something that is calculated to abate the loftiness and silence the pretensions of man the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth Quote, what is man that he should be clean and he which is born of a woman that he should be righteous End quote. job chapter fifteen verse four quote, how much more abominable and filthy is man which drinketh iniquity like water End quote. job chapter fifteen verse sixteen Quote, the lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek god they are all gone aside they are altogether become filthy there is none that doeth good no not one End quote. psalm chapter fourteen verses two and three quote, who can say i have made my heart clean i am pure from my sin End quote. proverbs chapter twenty verse nine quote, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it Quote, behold i was shapen in wickedness and in sin hath my mother conceived me End quote. Quote, we were by nature the children of wrath even as others fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind End quote. Quote, o wretched man that i am who shall deliver me from this body of death End quote. passages might be multiplied upon passages which speak the same language and these again might be illustrated and confirmed at large by various other considerations drawn from the same sacred source such as those which represent a thorough change a renovation of our nature as being necessary to our becoming true christians or as those also which are suggested by observing that holy men refer their good dispositions and affections to the immediate agency of the supreme being end of chapter two section one